Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I am your host, Grayson Brulte. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Shun Kawabe, Fellow, Director of New Mobility Research Division for Innovative Research and Excellence at Honda R&D Company Limited. On today's episode, we discuss with Mr. Kawabe Honda's commitment to R&D by their spending 5% of their revenue each year invested into R&D and Honda's vision for the future through the advancement of mobility that benefits society in a safe and sustainable manner. We hope you enjoy this episode. Mr. Kwabe, welcome to the podcast, sir. Uh, Hello. Uh, Thank you very much for your opportunity to talk here. I'm very excited. We're very excited. Honda is a fascinating company with an incredible research arm that's doing incredible things, having a positive impact on society and the advancement of technology. And taking a step back for a moment, I'd love to know, when did you first become interested in technology? Oh, that's uh, when I was a kid. I liked things such as uh, mathematics and physics that could give me uh, logical answers. And but on the contrary, I was not good at history and natural uh, languages. Specifically, my first influence was uh, when I saw the Honda motorcycle CB750, four cylinders, air-cooled engine. That sound is uh, so exciting. So I was uh, really. Um, Became fan of motorcycle, and also so when I was a child, I my parents took me to the airport and see the jet airplane taking off with the jet sound. So I really um, became like an airplane and motorcycle. So uh, university, I entered the faculty of engineering and majored in aerospace engineering. That's a, I think the beginning of my uh, interested in technology. <laughs> you have this experience earlier in your life where you hear the exciting sound of the Honda motorcycle. When Did you ever think one day perhaps that you might go on to Honda and build products when you had that moment? You're like, wow, this is really cool. At that time, I didn't think. I just wanted to get the driver's license as soon as possible. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. You know, here in America, every child when they turn 16, they, well, they want to get their driver's license and, and, and start driving and have their mobility freedom. And eventually one day, and there'll be autonomous vehicles. In order to, to achieve autonomy, you need research and development. And Honda, overall for a company, has committed $45 billion for research and development over the, the next six years. That's a very impressive commitment that says Honda values research, Honda values innovation. Why was this decision made? Actually, Honda spends a certain amount of its sales on technology research for the future. But actually, the amount of 45 billion over six years will not be used only for rockets or e-vitals. So it was used for every technology, such as future electric vehicle, batteries, fuel cells, and environmental and safety issues. And most of the research is targeting within next 10 years from future, more future, looking ahead to 2030 and beyond, we will spend a certain amount of money for research for such a e-vital or rockets or uh, robotics. Honda is clearly focused on the future. You signal to the markets you're focused on the future. What you're describing here is focused on the future. And, and part of that research effort, which I found personally very interesting, Honda is developing a hybrid electric aircraft for longer range intercity transportation, 
where most of the industry is going pure electric. Why did Honda make the strategic decision to do a hybrid electric aircraft and not an all electric aircraft? We did a market research. As a result of market research, we found that there's bigger potential market for intercity transportation. So up to about 400 kilometers, 250 miles. So at this distance, you can seamlessly connect the current transportation of cars and airlines. And considering the environmental friendliness of zero emission and the simplicity of the structure, I think that the all electric is ideal for Ibito. However, the energy density of the batteries is still low, which is a several tenths of that of liquid fuel. And the cruising range we want to achieve cannot be achieved by only batteries with current energy density. And also, so from our experience in battery research for electric vehicles, we believe that it will take decades for current battery energy density to reach the levels we want to achieve this level of cruising range. Therefore, as a realistic approach, we decided to install a small and lightweight gas turbine hybrid generator in addition to the battery. And finally, in the future, if the battery technology evolve in the future, we can just take down the generator only and become all electric. Uh, Honda is the only company in the world that already has the technology of small jet engine and uh, ultra high efficiency generator for Formula racing cars, technology of hybrid and electric mass production cars, and control technology of automatic driving car as core technologies. By applying these core technology, we believe that we can develop a highly efficient, lightweight gas turbine hybrid power unit. And this could be our advantage over other companies, I think. Another thing is that currently all electric EV toys already in the red ocean state, where many ventures are working on. Uh, we just want to avoid jumping into it from now on. We want to do something different. It's a Honda DNA. We want to do something different. And um, for short distance use case, such as intracity transportation, all electric would be the best solution, I think, which currently being worked on other companies. I believe both all electric and hybrid e-vitor can coexist according to the customer's demand about until 2040 or 2050. I would like to create a new world of mobility together. What you said that stood out to me was do something different, which is in Honda's DNA. But the fact that your hybrid electric approach is scalable, when the technology and the battery density, you can remove the hybrid engine. That's brilliant. That's the, the, the brilliant part there, because you're seeing it in the electric vehicle market now. Level two chargers are going in the ground. They're not upgradable. But Honda says, no, we're going to do something different. We're going to build a great product. And oh, by the way, it's upgradable. So you have the key to me is the upgradable part of the aspect of what you're building with the hybrid electric aircraft. But not only that, Honda has this vision. You released this great YouTube video. And I believe it was uh, Cape Cod. It, um, it might have been Nantucket. An individual had to go into Manhattan uh, for a business meeting. And 
uh, takes an autonomous vehicle to the EV tall port, goes to Manhattan, has the meeting with an autonomous vehicle. That to me says, okay, Honda understands the future. This is a clean transportation. The quality of life for the individual where he goes home and has dinner with his family, but yet he can go do his work in person. That's the future. Is that what Honda's working to achieve? Um, I could just be very frank, the work-life balance of where you can use these different technologies to have this really wonderful future? Honda is always um, contributing people's lives with a product to make the people's life happy, convenient, exciting. So, so that's uh, so one vision. So we draw for uh, maybe it's, uh, around 2040. Just where you imagine the life of people around 2040. But we'll put it. We'll, we'll put the uh, video in the show notes because to the listeners, Honda's vision for the future is truly a great vision, and, and their video did a really great job of showing what's possible with technology when you do things different. As Honda looks to achieve that that dream and that vision, what infrastructure will be needed to make it a reality? I think the first and foremost is a new air traffic control system. Uh, if a mini EV tow and drones, including drones, fly, the current voice-based air traffic control will not handle all of them. So, this is, uh, I know this is being already discussed mainly, for example, USA by FAA or NASA, and in Japan also, so people are discussing what we should do in the future. It's a very important issue, but I think it uh, takes a little more time to realize. And uh, another so infrastructure is, um, I think uh, it's a kind of dedicated landing place called Bertport. So it will be necessary to be create such a Bertport, not only at the current airport, but also at more familiar places, such as on the top of buildings or shopping centers or a meeting place of local communities or you name it. So the Bertport, the place of landing and takeoff would be very important. And also, the, um, so we show the, on the video the uh, smartphone system, but uh, I'm not saying I can call it infrastructure, but uh, this kind of so smartphone system, so connect to every hardware and um, travel plan and reserves, control everything. And finally, so I think, I don't know if I can call it infrastructure, I think it's also important to have a safety law in place because safety is so important. So including certification, how to get the certification, um, safety is a very important. Um, maybe we could call it infrastructure. <laughs> safety is important. We've, we've had uh, individuals on, on previous podcasts talked about the FAA certification process for uh, new aircrafts and Mark Moore was one of our guests, and that's an interesting long process. And we've had guests on from Airbus that talked about the air, the new need for an air traffic control. So Honda again is spot on on both of the pieces of the infrastructure to go through. But you pointed out the phone as infrastructure. I agree with you as the phone being infrastructure because it's the fob. If you're going to make the reservation for 
the vehicle, you're going to make the reservation to go in the aircraft, or if you have to unlock the door. And in the video, it seemed to me that Honda was looking to operate this as a service business with a, like a multimodal planning trip. The individual needs to go from Cape Cod to New York. Does Honda plan on operating that as a services business where an individual subscribes and they get X amount of hours on the aircraft, X amount of hours in the vehicle? Is that the vision that was displayed there in the video or am I interpreting it in a different way? So we haven't decided exactly what part we will do actually. But uh, what what we want to say with this video is um, from different perspective. Uh, I think so. Honda have been uh, making a product and selling it and making a business. But the world is changing and um, we believe that it will be difficult for Honda to survive in the future if it remains in the conventional manufacturing industry. That means uh, making a car or airplane and sell it and make a profit. I think it's essential for us to survive by changing from the manufacturer's industry to the kind of service company. So design the system and design the services. And of course, our core technology is making a product. Anyway, so we have to change the transform of business from traditional manufacturer to service. So this is a very important message with this video. So the video is we Honda is trying to, to transform ourselves from traditional manufacturer to a service provider. There's a great Wayne Gretzky quote, you skate to where the puck's going to be, not to where the, the puck is. That's what Honda's doing with the future. You're seeing all these new advancements happening and you're skating to where the, where the future is going to be. When you look at the future from a research perspective, and development. How is Honda approaching this? Is it certain segments of the market where Honda says these are markets that we think that Honda might like to enter products we might like to do research and development on? Or how is it Honda approaching the future from a research and development perspective? Yeah, since its foundation, Honda has always been contributing to the advancement of mobility and people's daily lives with powered product. That won't change in the future. In, but we want to do it very sustainable and safe. So in order to achieve this, we have continuously, we must continue to create excellent technology and product and services. We have to make our product more exciting, more convenient. But at the same time, so the challenge is uh, realize it very sustainable and safe. So that's, I think, the future vision. Sustainable is the future for every company. If you're not embracing sustainability, you're not going to have a future. And you're, when you combine safety and sustainability, you, you have a winning product. For a listener who was thinking and thinking, why Honda? We're having this conversation about really cool technology. And they're saying, why Honda? What would you say to that curious listener? It's a very simple answer is because we want you to. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll take that. I'll take that one step further. Honda's tagline is the power of dreams. It's in, it's incredible what you can what an individual can dream up, but you dream Honda dreams up a, an idea and dream and makes it a reality. Is that what's behind that statement? Is it just taking this incredible collective knowledge inside of Honda and putting it together to to do good for society? First of all, so I think that people must 
we engineer, including, are effective when they are doing what they really want to do. It's the same with us engineers. So, so for example, why are we endeavor into aviation and build a jet? So building jet airplane was a dream of the founder, our founder, Sojiro Honda, 45 years ago. And also the participating Formula One racing was also his big dream. So I say it's um, kind of company culture of Honda. So first we we first draw dreams. Why we I really want to do? It's a, it's from big dream to small dream. For example, creating something new and make everyone happy might be a someone's dream. And some and so I say it's a company culture. And dream give us a motivation and power to overcome difficulties during the development. I think that the power of dreams. It is the power of dreams. And when you staying on the dream theme, there's all, I was a kid, we were all children once and you sit there and you dream about rockets and you, and you look into outer space. One day I can become an astronaut or I had the model rockets in the backyard that I would launch and tinker with things and, and just do little kid things. But You've taken that dream and a passion because in your role as the fellow director of new mobility research division for innovative research excellence, you're also focused on space rockets. So you took my little idea of tinkering in the backyard and you took it to the next level. uh, Our project about for a space rocket is rather very young project just started for by young engineers. So for their challenge. Just like uh, our jet airplane project 30 years ago. As I said, Honda's culture is uh, encouraging young engineers to, to take on challenges for your dreams. So originally our rocket project started one young engineers, so very young guys, uh, maybe three or four years after graduate, insisted he wanted to do the research for rockets. Yeah. Yeah, first, just one guy. And they get the friends of three or four and come to the management and let us do the research for rockets. <laughs> just the start, yeah. So it's a very primitive and young with, um, uh, as I said, when I hear the, the young engineer saying that he wants to do the rocket, that reminds me my young guy Ace, where so we just where we started the airplane project. So that's a so 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 we management allows them to take on challenge. <laughs> it management's allowing those young engineers to follow their dreams. When you look at the the space industry and, and rocketry in general, Robert Goddard and in his research played a significant role in rocketry. W- what impact did that have on Honda's research, if any? To create the innovation, I believe the, the existence of a kind of crazy engineer is essential, I think. It's difficult that everyone understands what he's trying to do at the same time, but in many cases later, so many people understand what he really wants to do, and uh, long after Maybe he, after he passed away or 
So I, I, I think that uh, he's uh, this kind of crazy engineer and very essential to create a uh, new technology. So in that sense, I think um, he changed. I very admire the engineers like him. And from management standpoint, point of view, uh, we must be careful not to overlook this kind of engineers in my team. When you, you look at Robert Goddard, if it, I mean, Harry Guggenheim and David Guggenheim made his dream come true rocketry because they were the ones who who funded it there. And it's, it's like management and Honda is allowing these individuals um, to build their dreams around rocketry. So it's, it's really a great thing of history repeating itself. And when you look at rocketry in space, the industry is growing. Morgan Stanley is estimating the global space industry could generate revenue of a trillion dollars or more. That's one trillion U.S. dollars by 2040. What are your thoughts on this growing industry? One trillion dollar market sizes, you know, about maybe the same of that of current automobile industry. That means a so huge potential market. And uh, this, um, I think, uh, two meanings uh, for us. And the one is that uh, that shows that uh, space is will rapidly become familiar to the more people, more people, and uh, in the area of people's life will expand from on the earth to the space. And we are a mobility company. If people live spread into the space, we will follow them and we will make a mobility for them and make their life <laughs> pretty. That's right. And also, sir, I just said that I just allowed the engineer to take on the product rocket research. Also, sir, it is important when we invest research resources, it is important that it has a potential future, business potential in the future. It is very important. Without this potential, the, what they so did will be in vain. So, so that's a very good news for us. It's, uh, there's a so huge potential market. It makes us easy to allow them to <laughs> to invest <laughs> resources. It's an incredible market opportunity, and one day perhaps we'll have space hotels, and we can go on a on a Honda rocket and um and a, and a Honda space jet to get us to our space hotel. <laughs> you never know what the the future is going to hold. So you've had. A 34-year career at Honda, you've held multiple roles, including leading the research and development of Honda the Jet Aircraft and the Fundamental Technology Research Center. Has propulsion technology always been of interest to you? As you said, I experienced um, very many kinds of uh, projects, jet, uh, racing, and car, and uh, everything. That's a very unique, uh, that's a Honda's culture. But uh, Having different experience with uh, such with uh, various project makes me the I think the way of looking at things has become mouth faced okay yeah okay. and also I'm uh, now the leading the Ibito project but I really think Ibito is a mixer mixture mix of various kind of technologies not only airplanes. There are also the kind of racing cars, so aerodynamics is so, <laughs> but with so many vortex and the complicated. So, so that's the same as a flow around the Formula racing car. 
And also, the electrification is for uh, technology is uh, from electric vehicle and uh, hybrid car mass production car technology. So I think, therefore, the, I really think that some that the various rules I have experienced helped me to read this EVZO project. The one theme that's come out throughout this podcast is your passion and your love of engineering. You like to, to build things and engineer things. Why did you want to become an engineer? Actually, I wanted to be a pilot. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, whereas um, I was studying aerospace uh, in university, but at that time, I just wanted to be an airline pilot and just applied for Japan airline pilot recruiting for its own training. But unfortunately, I couldn't pass the final medical check. So, but I had a dream to be a pilot. But at that time, my senior of um, university, he was already working for, uh, for Honda. He was, at that time, told me that the Honda is just starting an airplane project. Yeah. At that time, there's no Japanese company was building its own aircraft. That's, uh, that story so, sounds so excited. So I just uh, started working for Honda. That's the uh, beginning of my engineering career. And 34 years later, you're, you're combining your passion of aerospace and running the eVTOL program, as you can say, it all came together. And perhaps one day you might even pilot the EV, the hybrid eVTOL. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think eVTOL would be autonomous. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's even better. <laughs> I prefer passengers. <laughs> yes. I like that idea. I, I go with you on the passenger side. So putting this all together, what is the future mobility and what role will Honda play in that future? Honda Motor CEO, Mibe, Mr. Mibe, uh, said Honda as a mobility company by becoming the power that supports people who are trying to do things through their initiative, including those who are trying to make changes to the society and others who strive to enhance the quality of people's daily lives. Honda will help people expand their own potential. That's as uh, he said. For those who so realize this process, I believe we engineers should continuously try to evolve the mobility. So we should make, uh, Honda will make the mobility a more convenient, more exciting, and bring joy to the people. And as I said, as I said, it should be sustainable and safe. And I believe the Honda uh, can play a big role in it. And uh, we are going to continue to try to realize them. Hope to hear that the people saying, we are glad Honda exists. I'm glad we had this conversation because you shined a really positive light on Honda. You did an incredible job of explaining what Honda's doing. Honda's care about society. Honda's focus on sustainability. But more importantly for me, Honda's commitment to research and development. And Mr. Kawabe, as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like the listeners to take away with them? I, as I told, I'm... Um... 35 years ago, time flies 34 years ago, I joined Honda and started working on as an engineer. 
And I, I'm, I was happy to have uh, many opportunity of challenging. And I think the engineer's job is creating something new, value or product, sometimes does not exist in the world. And making many people happy and what, with what you created and making yourself happy too. So I think the job, job of an engineer can realize this and I think it's um, wonderful and worthwhile job. So if an um, engineer or a student is listening, I want to say that um, please, I hope you enjoy the challenge of creating something new and uh, draw a dream and um, make others happy what you created. I think, uh, as I said, that this is uh, what we call the power dream. Yeah, that's a me my message to listeners. Build the future. Mr. Mr. Kwabi said, follow your dreams and, and build the future because today is tomorrow. Tomorrow is today and the future is Honda. Mr. Kwabi, thank you so much, sir, for coming on SAE tomorrow today. Yeah, thank you, Ben Rice. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation very much. Thank you for listening to SAE tomorrow today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week when the SAE Pre-Professional Education team joins us to discuss the new SAE STEM Sagas comic book as we discuss a new way to engage children in STEM activities. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.